0: Well, good morning, church. I hope you had an awesome Christmas, and here we are now moving on towards New Year's, and uh, super excited about that. And It's just such a great season right now. The holiday season is is uh, so full of family and excitement. I hope you got to have some wonderful time with your family um, this Christmas season and this upcoming holiday for New Year's is, is certainly what it's about. It's spending time with family, and um, you know one of my favorite things about the holiday season really is. Christmas Day. It really is the opening of presents and gift-giving, but really, if I'm being truly honest with you, one of my favorite experiences for Christmas is the gift- Purchasing process. I love to think about the person who I care about, who I'm purchasing it for. Thinking about that thing that would really um, show them that I care about them, that I've been listening to them, and, and get them something that's meaningful to them. I really enjoy that process, especially you know nowadays there's so many options there's in technology or um, you know the the latest iPhone or watch or thing that tells you this and that and, uh, or bikes or whatever or getting something of value for someone or you know maybe it's that right piece of furniture or something, but there is one thing about the gift purchasing process that drives me a little crazy, right? And it's at the end of that purchase, when you've picked out that gift that you think is just the right gift for the right person, and you walk up to the counter, you've bought that piece of technology, you're bringing it up, you're already thinking about them opening it and the excitement that they have of seeing it for the first time and and the thrill of it, and then after you purchase, or as you're purchasing it, the person sits there behind the counter and they say, would you like to buy the warranty, Something about that question just it fills me with fear instantly, right? Because it's like, why do I need a warranty, right? Or, and then you begin to think about all the things that could go wrong, right? And if you're not thinking about the things that could go wrong, they'll remind you of all the things that could go wrong, right? If you get a grape stain on this couch it'll be covered under warranty, right? And you're like, ah, I'm not sure if I want that. Like, it's covered it for three to five years, this, that, that, and the other. And you're like, ah, and you start to feel it like in a minute. You're like, no, I, I really don't think so. And then they throw out those words that you just can't deny. They say, you know what? For just 15 more dollars, you can guarantee it for life right and who can say no to that it's for life right and you think about the fact that someday when you're you know uh, well advanced in your years and you've had the share for 50 years and you're sitting there and you see a scuffer in the armrest that you can call that place and say you said for life i'm still alive so get over here and fix it right you there's that that principle of holding on to that warranty but at some level it begins to get a little bit ridiculous right like i was buying my kid a bike from walmart and they're like, would you like the two-year warranty or the five-year warranty with that? And I was like, what? Like, and they start thinking about all the things that could go wrong or this or that with the bike. And I'm like, I don't, I've never had anything go wrong with a bike, but what if this is the bike? You, I would have thought they would have figured out how to make bikes by now, right? But maybe there's, this one's the one that's defective, right? i got to have the warranty. And in fact, I looked it up. Did you know that the warranty business is like a $35 billion a year industry Just buying warranties, that's a big business, right? Why do we buy so much warranties? Why are we so connected up into guarantees? I don't know, but it's getting to the point of where it's almost insisted upon you. We were buying some furniture, the other day, my wife and I, and we had picked out some things, and we had budgeted and had our price. And she came back, and we were like, okay, this is the price. She goes, and this is the price for the warranty that comes with it. I was like, oh, it comes with it. That's great. She's like, well, it doesn't really come with it. It's extra. I'm like, well, then why did you say it comes with it, right? Um, and so she's like, this is what it is. And I was like, you know what? It's just a couch. What could go wrong? You know what? I choose to decline the warranty silence fell over the room. I was like, what just happened? What's going to go wrong here? And here's what she said to me. Literally, she goes, I'm going to have to get my manager. I was like, what? Like, I thought this was an option. Now I'm in trouble. The manager's coming over? What the heck, right? And so the manager comes up, and she sits down at the table with me, and she's like, Mr. Miller, trust me, I understand where you're coming from. I'm one of those people, too, who, you know, after a little while, you forget about your warranty paperwork or whatever, but I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. Are you sure that you want to give up this warranty? I was like, I was until now, and I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm sure I don't want it, and she had to sign a piece of paper that qualified me for not having the warranty, right? But it's this interesting thing of where oftentimes I do get the warranty, and I bet you do too. $35 billion of it says that we do, right? And why? It's not necessarily for anything other than peace of mind, right? There's something about being able to cuddle up in your bed at night and know that if tomorrow your kid's tire falls off his bike, you can say, I bought the five-year no problem. There's something wonderful about moving into that new house or getting that new car with the warranty. And it's like, if something goes wrong, no problem. I've got the warranty, right? I've got the guarantee. I've got that thing that says I can pretty much do whatever I want on that bike. And it's covered under the warranty. On some level, I believe that God's word says that God has given us the most precious gifts of all. And those precious gifts that God has given us came with a guarantee, they've come with a warranty. But the problem is, is if you aren't connected to the guarantee, if you've lost your warranty paperwork, then on some level, it begins to lose its value to you. Because like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm probably never going to cash that in or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you don't feel like you are safe or have that comfort in your life for that thing that you've purchased. So when I'm telling you, when you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, it came with a guarantee. And it's been that guarantee, connecting with that guarantee has really challenged me over these holidays. It's shaped my life in connecting with the guarantee. And so I hope for you that as we look in God's word together today, that you will find a new inspiration to connect not just with the gifts that God has promised you, but with the guarantee that comes along with it. That it might fill your life with a newfound, a freshness and peace and hope and a connectivity to the Lord that will make your 2019 the best year ever. I guarantee it. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? And I want to read to you a passage that Paul shared with the Corinthians that was really a- addressing this topic of the guarantee. But before I do that, I wanna welcome our campuses that are worshiping with us, welcome to our online viewers. We love you so much, and it's like you're right here in the room with us. And welcome to our Itasca Sita campus who is now with us live for every service. We love you guys, and we're so excited to be worshiping with you, connected with you here in the Woodlands. You can read along with me on the screens here. This passage, it's a powerful passage where Paul's talking about this hope that we have and this guarantee, a contrast between what we have now and what we soon will have. He said this to them in 2 Corinthians 5, one through five. He says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. wow an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies we will not be spirits without bodies while we live in these earthly bodies we groan and sigh but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us rather We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a, catch this, guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. And we know that you love us. You loved us so much that not only did you send your son Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins upon the cross, but when he ascended into heaven, Father, you and Jesus, you gave us your spirit to come and fill our hearts and lives with a guarantee that you're coming back and that when we move from this life, we move to be with you. So, God, we love you. We pray that this morning that you would help us to connect with that guarantee, the Holy Spirit, in a powerful way. That you would compel us to seek new ways to connect with our guarantee, the Holy Spirit, in new and powerful ways. We love you. We pray that you'd speak through me and that you would open our hearts to hear your word and be changed forevermore. We love you. Senior your time. We pray. Amen. You can be seated. It's an interesting thing, right, that Paul takes the time to talk to them about this earthly body and this heavenly body. And without getting too deep into the theology as to what is that heavenly body really going to look like and what's it going to be able to do and what's he really talking about here, on some level, I might argue, it doesn't really matter to the main point. The main point I believe Paul is making to them here is, is look, if you are connected with the Holy Spirit, then you'll be aware and alert to the fact that this body is not going to last forever. We've been through that. We've been through the tragedy and the trauma potentially of having lost someone that we love and being able to attend that funeral service and hopefully a celebration of life of where we celebrate the life they live. But we also celebrate that the casket that's there doesn't house who they are. That it was just a tent that it was an earthly vessel and that we know that when they breathe their last breath on this life that they breathe their first they breathe their first breath in the presence of the Lord and we can we can celebrate in that fact even though we mourn over the fact that we don't get to hold them on some level in this earthly body in their earthly body any longer but we look forward to that new body he says that 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 confidence comes from your guarantee Your connectivity to the Holy Spirit. Now, for me, it kind of is this principle of a road trip. Now, maybe you're here today because you took a road trip or a plane trip. You traveled uh, to get here, to be with family, and you've come to church together this morning, or maybe you just got back from a road trip uh, locally, or maybe even out of state, and you just got back from spending some time with family. Or And if not, maybe you can just remember the last road trip you on, because if it was really a road trip that you took, you'll remember it. Probably a lot of your stories and the humor and and things in your life are moments that you took with someone when you went on a road trip. Because every road trip is filled with its own personal ups and downs, right? It's going to have its challenges, but on some level, I love road trips. I love that. I love from the very beginning when you're getting the house all picked up and packed up, and, and you're packing all your stuff and your belongings, and you get it all out to the car, and on some level, inevitably, your wife will come out, or my wife at least does this, comes out and says, babe, there's no way you're going to fit all this in the car. <laughs> yes, I am, right? Yes, I am. That's all I needed to hear, right? And I'm going to work some sort of magic and figure out a way, and it's probably going to end on some level. Automatic back doors, not a friend of mine, right? When it closes almost all the way and then kicks back up, right? At some point, you gotta give up on that and just, right, to get that sucker to close. And then you get your family all in the car and they're all in there and you set out on the drive, you've got your fresh coffee and you got the snacks right behind it and you got the movie maybe playing for the kids in the backseat and you're on the road and you start to move and you had your car all filled up, you got your gas and you got your oil changed, you got your tires rotated, you are ready to roll and you're moving on towards some sort of destination, and it's guaranteed to have its challenges along the way. right? You might have a flat tire, or the family divulges into some sort of argument along the way. You know those things are possible, but it's not gonna keep you from moving on, from pressing forward, and you continue to go. At some point, you probably have to roll the windows down right? Uh, for lots of different reasons. We won't talk about, okay? Sometimes the driver's responsible, but sometimes he's not, okay? But you keep moving, why? Typically the reason you keep moving forward and you are aware of the ups and downs and you keep going is because of the destination. When you know where you're going, if you're excited enough to get there, then the the journey along the way is just part of the process. The ups and downs, the flat tires, the car trouble, the arguments, the unloading your family into a restaurant and trying to get everybody back in the car in a timely manner and you keep trudging along. The person who cuts you off, the things that whatever that come, you take them in stride because there's something, you're something happening in you about, as you're fixated on the destination. Now, there are lots of awesome destinations to get to and places to go that are super exciting. But if you're anything like me, I'm a little bit of a homebody. And as much as I love to travel on that ro- first part of the road trip as you're getting to that fun family vacation spot, there's nothing quite like the feeling of heading home. I love that when you're getting close and the anxiousness and the excitement of doing that. Even for my wife and I, we loved our honeymoon trip, but we were so excited to get home and just do life together and to be able to do life with the people that you love and your neighbors and the relationships that are important to you and your church. I love traveling towards home. There's something so exciting on the times that I've gone on mission trips or something with the church and I'm away from my family maybe for a week or so and, and FaceTiming with the boys and with my wife is not quite the same, right, as being in the room with them. And so that journey home is so excited. I'm so pumped. I'm so motivated. And it's almost like whatever goes wrong, it doesn't matter because I've got home in my heart. I know where I'm going. And on some level, I think that's the same way, what thing is what Paul's talking about. He's saying, listen, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, What you received was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You get to have a glimpse of heaven living continuously inside of you. We have, as believers, home in our heart. But if we aren't connected with that guarantee, then all the gifts that are promised, if we aren't truly able to be connected with the power and the greatness of the destination, then it changes your perspective completely on the flat tires of life on the ups and downs. But when we have heaven in our heart, when we're connected to the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, then no matter what you come across in this journey called life, you'll be able to face it with perspective of knowing whatever this is, it won't last forever because I know where I'm going. I'm headed home. And it changes your perspective on everything. That's where we're going. That's the journey of what we're doing. And that's what Paul was saying. He's saying, listen, church in Corinth, I love you. And yes, note that this body isn't going to last forever, but it isn't the end. And if you can, and the the guarantee that this life isn't the end, that whatever financial trouble you're going through or family trouble that you're going through, the very guarantee that you have that that won't last forever lives in you. And if you aren't connected to that guarantee, then it's more likely than not that fear is going to be the thing that grips you and keeps you from living out the purposeful life that God calls us to. And that's the first point of today, is that the Holy Spirit is your assurance. The Holy Spirit is your guarantee. He's the warranty. He's the guarantee that this is not your forever home. This is just the journey to our forever home. And he is that guarantee. He's the one that we need to connect to. As I was doing my studying for this, I came across a commentary, and I really like what Matthew Henry said about this passage in 2 Corinthians 5, what Paul was talking about, about the confidence we have that comes from being connected to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. It's kind of wordy. It took me two or three times to read it, but I'll try to read it and then explain it for myself more than anything else. He said this, nothing less than a divine power can make a soul partaker of a divine nature. No hand less than the hand of God can work us for this thing. A great deal is to be done to prepare our souls for heaven. And that preparation of the heart is from the Lord. You see, when you are able to connect with the voice of God, the Holy Spirit that lives in you, It should fill us with the confidence that we would not be able to talk with God unless God had already done a great work in us. Having redeemed us and paid the penalty for our sins is what enables us to enter into the presence of God through prayer on a regular basis and communicate and connect with God through the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. And only a divine, God's divine power would be able to connect us to his divine nature through the Holy Spirit. And so when you are conversing with the Holy Spirit, it begins to bring these aha moments where you would say, aha, eternal life, heaven must be in my future because I wouldn't be able to talk with God unless my sins had been fully paid for when Christ accomplished what he did on the cross for me. And so the Holy Spirit is your assurance. That's why it's so important for us as we move into this next year to let our thought life become our prayer life that we are genuinely with every thought in conversation with God, not just speaking our thoughts to him, but letting him fill our thoughts from the Holy Spirit with new thoughts in a new way that we begin to change our mind, let him renew our mind into a different way of thinking and putting our trust completely in him. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 26. He says this, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything. That's powerful. And will remind you of everything I have told you. You see, you're going to go through ups and downs in this life. It's for sure. The Bible says anyone who desires to live a godly life will be persecuted. Paul calls us to join with him in suffering for the gospel. We're gonna go through the ups and downs on this journey, but the promise that we have from Jesus when he was going to be with the Father, he says, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. I will leave you the power and the presence and the guarantee of my Holy Spirit to communicate with you regularly. In other words, whatever it is that you are going through with your health, with your family, with your job, with your finances, with your relationships with your kids, you don't have to go through it alone. I'm right here. And the more you connect with me, the more confidence you'll have in that situation and in those circumstances that whatever it is you're going through, that God will work it together for your good because he promises to do so for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And you... You, you are able to cling to that promise, to hold on to those things and know that whatever it is you're going through won't last forever when you're connected to the warranty, to the guarantee. It's critical. He wants to stand with you. He wants to walk with you. And in some type cases, he wants to carry you through those difficulties. But if you aren't connected to him, then you're missing the power of the guarantee that's been given to you, the guarantee of the gifts and the promises that are to come. He goes on to say, Paul went on to tell this to the Corinthians in chapter one. He says, it is God who enables us along with you. In other words, it's in God who enables all of us to stand firm for Christ. It's him who does it. What helps us to make the right choices, no matter the circumstances, is when we are connected to the Holy Spirit. It's him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that helps us to choose love even when that family member was around us over the holidays that it was very difficult to love. But the one who helps you stand firm for Christ and to say what you need to say, not what you wanted to say, the one who enables you is the Holy Spirit. And when you do respond that way, when you hear from the Lord how you should respond and you choose to, all of a sudden you begin to have these aha moments of saying, wait a second, I think I just received instruction from the Lord. Wait a second, I can't receive instruction from the Lord unless my sins have been paid for. Wait a second, if my sins have been paid for, then I have a confidence that I know where I'm going. Home is where I'm headed. He says that's what enables us to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, the Lord has, and He has identified us as His own. We are His children. How? By placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. If you're taking notes, underline that phrase, first installment. First installment. The Holy Spirit is the first installment that guarantees everything else that he has promised us. Now, if you have purchased a home, you know all about what it is to put down your earnest money to the seller. When you put down a small percentage of the totality of the house, that is earnest money. That is a guarantee of the lump sum of money that's coming behind that. Or if you've ever purchased a car or had to secure a loan and had to put a down payment down. That's the first installment, right? It's the down payment that ensures the bank or the car company that there is going to be more money that's coming behind this. In the same way, the Lord says, listen, I have more promises for you than you know how to even think about. And the first installment of all of those gifts and all of those promises, the guarantee of, that I will deliver on every single promise that I've given for you is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the down payment. It's the earnest money. It's the first installment of God's goodness. And so if circumstances continue to overwhelm your life, I can promise you it's because you aren't as connected with the Holy Spirit as we need to be. Because when you are, it changes your perspective on everything that we go through. So what happens when we are connected to the Holy Spirit? Well, then we begin to get excited about the gifts that he has promised us. And there's no way we have enough time in this message to go over all the things that God has promised us, right? Because they are numerous in his scriptures. And that's what gets you excited when you're connected to the Holy Spirit. But I wanna take a time just to cover a couple of the big ones. What is it that we've been promised And what we have the guarantee of that the Holy Spirit, connecting with the Holy Spirit, guarantees us and secures us and changes our life. Well, the first one, if you're taking notes, is eternal life is your heavenly gift. The gift that's potentially talked about more than any other gift in Scripture that really uh, excites us is the capacity to be able to be connected with God and with each other through faith in Jesus Christ for eternity which is a powerful thing. I remember, do you remember your salvation story? I hope you have had one. If you have not yet placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I hope that today is your day. Because nothing, no decision you can make this holiday season or in your life is more important than choosing to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But do you remember your personal story for those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus? Do you remember that moment when the pastor was preaching or or maybe you were at a summer camp or whatever it was or, or maybe it was just your parents, just you and them, and they shared the story with you and something in your heart knew what was being shared with you is true. What was speaking to you? The first time you ever heard the Holy Spirit, that's what it is. Something that assured your heart that what you were hearing was true, what does that? The Holy Spirit It's the first glimpse of heaven that you got when you heard the good news about Jesus and something in you said, yes, he is worthy of you placing your faith upon that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father is through him. And you heard that, and something in you said, yes, for me, I was seven years old. I was at uh, uh, Pastor Carrie's dad's church, actually, it was Champion Forest Baptist Church, when he was preaching there, and uh, I had uh, been growing up in Sunday school, and my parents had that week had walked through with me the salvation story, and I chose to believe, and so it was a big deal on Sunday mornings when the pastor of the altar car call. if you had received Jesus, to make your way down. So that Sunday, whoop, up I went, my dad said with me, and we walked towards the blue steps the altar, and this lady took me to this side room, and she asked me if I really knew what I was believing, and I assured her I did, and it was incredible. I knew with certainty, not really because I had heard from the Lord more than just that one time, but if I'm being honest with you, a part of my confidence came from I trusted my parents, that what they were telling me about Jesus was true, and so I genuinely placed my faith in Jesus, and it was also genuinely because I trusted that my parents had told me that it was true. But after that moment, I can, if I'm being honest with you, my eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and even my teenage self didn't really spend time developing a relationship with the guarantee that came with that faith statement, the Holy Spirit. And so when my there wasn't much benefit to my day-to-day life of the gift of eternal life, because whenever circumstances turned for the worse, I was just as afraid as anyone. Because I didn't have any guarantee. I wasn't confident of what was to come. In fact, four years later, when my mom passed away from breast cancer when I was 11 years old, I was terrified. Because I wasn't confident. I believed, and I I saw my mom's faith that she knew where she was going, but I wasn't confident of where she was going. All I had was the Bible and reading it, which is powerful, but I didn't have any connection with the guarantee. And that's what the Holy Spirit provides us with is the, is the guarantee. And a few years later, I, was, I had gotten an opportunity to do some part-time work with a Christian soccer training organization. It was called Sports Quest, still doing great ministry in the area. And I was teaching five, six, and seven, and eight-year-old soccer. And in the middle of every summer camp session, it was three hours long, we got a 20-minute devotional time with the kids. And one 20 minute devotional time I had with them, uh, I I, I remember I was uh, uh, sharing the gospel and I shared the gospel with about 25 kids and uh, it was awesome And, and I could tell that they were engaged and connected and so at the end of it, I asked if any of them wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior and about 19 of them raised their hands. I was overwhelmed and excited. And I remember on the ride home, I was sitting with my boss in his white truck with Red and Tear. I remember the road we were on and everywhere, everything that could happen. And I was telling him what was happening. And I told him about how, how to, these kids had responded and what had happened. And then church, if you haven't had a moment like what I'm about to explain, I hope you will pray for it. And many of you I know will know exactly what I'm talking about. Somewhere in the midst of me telling him what the Lord had done, something happened and it was like that moment when I knew the truth of the gospel, something connected in my heart and it was just like the Lord who just whispered something into my heart along the lines of, yep, and I was with you and I'm proud of you. And I was like, whoa! I tried to explain to someone what that moment was like for me and the best way I can explain it to this day, it's as as if in that moment, I felt as if I was cheating faith. Because until that moment, I thought faith was just reading the Bible and hearing people preach it and saying, I believe what they're saying is true, so I'm gonna continue to hold on to that even though I don't know what it is to talk with the Lord myself. But in that moment, when I heard from the Lord in my heart, not an audible voice, just an affirmation in my spirit that God was with me and that he was the one who had worked through me in that moment, it was so real and so genuine that denying it would have been just as hard as denying my own earthly father. And I have spent the last 20 years of my life doing everything I can to connect with that presence in a powerful way and I'm telling you, it has changed my life. And it never gets boring and there's always more to learn and there's always new ways to grow and there's always new challenges I face, but there is a peace that comes with being connected to that power and that presence. What is the gift of eternal life? Well, how do you receive it? Listen to this, in John three sixteen, it says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Underline, believes and eternal life. John five twenty four. Jesus continues. He says, very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. Underline, believes in eternal life. And then lastly here in John six forty, Jesus said, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up the last day. Underline, believes in eternal life. What does it take to receive the gift of eternal life? It's simple, to believe. Maybe for some of you right now, you're having that moment in your heart where you're saying, oh my gosh, I don't know what it is, but something is telling me that what this pastor is saying is true. Believe it, receive it in your life, and welcome to God's forever family. It's that simple. It is your gift, it is your gift to receive, and it is available for all people. And if you place your faith, in you can know that God will keep his promise and he will bring you to an eternal life. But me saying that to you is only going to take you so far. Because you need to connect to the guarantee, the gift that comes with the gift of eternal life, the power and the presence of God's spirit. And if you have received the gift of eternal life, but have not developed a relationship with the guarantee, the warranty, the Holy Spirit, then the gift of your eternal life is doing very little for you in this life. And that's no small statement. But it's a big deal. It doesn't change the fact that you have eternal life if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. But if you aren't connected to the guarantee, to the warranty of the Holy Spirit, when you go through circumstances, if you're not able to talk with God and let him comfort you and assure you and and guide you through how to respond as he would respond in those circumstances, and you aren't listening and, and developing that relationship, then it doesn't change the fact that you're gonna end up in heaven same as me because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But it is gonna affect your peace in this life. And that's the last point I have, was not only do you have a heavenly gift of eternal life, but you have an earthly gift. Peace is your earthly gift. It's the gift that Jesus has given to every believer by sending us his Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says in John 14, 27. He says, Jesus said, as he was talking with the Holy Spirit, he says, I am leaving you with a gift. And the gift was the Holy Spirit. And what would the Holy Spirit do? I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Not of stress and anxiety. I leave with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. And nothing that you obtain in this world, I believe he would say could give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus was assuring his disciples, "Look, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave you. But don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Because while I am here with you in physical presence, when I go to be with the Father, I will send my Spirit that can fill all believers, that you might all be able to share in the guarantee and the warranty of knowing that my words are true and the Spirit will remind you of everything I have told you and of the promises that are coming from you for you if you connect." with that guarantee. But don't be troubled or afraid. Now that last part can be a little daunting, right? Don't be troubled or afraid. What do we have to be troubled or afraid of? Because it's not gonna be easy. Placing your faith in Jesus Christ doesn't mean that 2019's not gonna have troubles. In fact, it's gonna come with a lot of troubles. Perhaps more troubles than ever before. But what I'm telling you is when you are connected with the warranty, with the guarantee, you will look at the suffering or the difficulty that's coming your way. You'll be able to look cancer in the eye. You'll be able to look whatever family troubles you have in the eye and be able to say, you can bring it on because no matter how hurt or pain you bring to me, I know it won't last forever because I have home in my heart. I know where I'm going. So I'm not afraid because I know he has overcome the world, and he who has overcome the world now lives in me. It won't last forever, and so we press on. It reminds me of skiing. Got any skiers in the room? You ever been on a ski trip or made that effort to go to Colorado and go on a ski trip? I, I remember my first ski trip like it was yesterday, and I bet you do too, right? Right? Because on some level, you get there and you're on the ski trip journey. My brother used to organize these ski trips for our whole family and we would go and I didn't get to go till after they had been a few times. And I remember going, the first thing you do is you get sized for skis, right? And so you see all the advanced skiers or people they've been there for they get these super long skis or like twice as long as your body like yeah because it makes it go super fast I'm like I want super fast skis right I'm competitive I'm an athlete and so the guy comes up to you and he's fitting you for skis he's like are you a beginner intermediate or advanced I'm like advanced give me the big ones that make you go fast So I get my advanced skis and my ski boots and I make my way out to the thing and there's the chairlift and I'm pulling my way out there on the flat surface. I'm like, this is easy. What's wrong with all you guys, right? People say, this is hard, this is fun. Scoot my way up to the ski lift, sit down on that thing. The rail comes down. We start going up and up and up. Every once in a while, the ski lift stops and you start to wiggle back and forth. I'm like, oh, that's fun. What's that for? And my sibling said to me, oh. That's just people who fall off. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> people fall off, right? Oh yeah, it's just at the top, it's kind of hard to dismount and whatever, I'm like, dismount? What's dismount mean, right? This is my first time, I'm like, Sh-. and at this point, I'm queuing into questions I should have asked a few hours ago, like, should I have taken some sort of training? Ah, nah, they said, the best thing to do is to get out there and go for it. Siblings, <laughs> don't we love them? So you start to get to the end, and all of a sudden you see all these signs, they're like, get your ski tips up. I'm like, skis up, they're like forever long, I'm trying to lift them up. You're trying to raise the bar at the same time, I'm trying to get my pole unstuck from behind me, right? Trying to whip it back in front of me, and all of a sudden you just see a drop off, and some guy with a red coat over there making sure people don't fall. And so I I get to that point, and I, I lose all track of people that are around me. I shove both of my siblings to the side, they go flying into the bushes, and I just go, and I just, all I'm staring at one thing is my skis, right? Just finding, waiting until I slow down, and enough to where I can just gently try to fall over to my side. Then we're all discussing what kind of run we're going to take. I'm like, wait, what order runs? And they're like, there's greens and blues and blacks. I'm like, which ones are the easiest? Greens. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Because you want to pick out one with the least scary name, right, which is typically the green. So I'm like, put us on Tweedledee. Let's take Tweedledee, right? And so that can't be scary. And so we get up on the green. It's as wide as a football field. But for me, my first time, it felt like I was skiing down a soda straw, right? It felt like the trees were just closing in on me. And you're going down and you can't turn, and they're like, pizza wedge, pizza wedge. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And you're just falling, and you're, you know, it's the most difficult thing in the world. And it's it's only it's only made more difficult for you as the four-year-olds come zipping by. You're just trying to survive. You make it down the hill, and you are just glad that you survived. And then someone has the audacity to say something along the lines of, wasn't it beautiful up there? Beautiful? All I saw were my skis. And then you're a sweaty mess, and you know that being sweaty is bad, because then you're supposed to be susceptible to frostbite or something like that. So you're worried about everything. And then someone says, you want to do it again? I guess so, right? so, So you get back up there, and after, by the end of the day, right, maybe you've got the greens down. All of a sudden, you start to find a rhythm. Maybe a little bit of a groove and you're cruising left and right, starting to have some fun. After a while, you're even able to pick your head up. (laughs) See where you are. There's mountains here, right? See the beauty and the pretty and you're really enjoying it and you keep going up and down. And all of a sudden, then they decide to do something you don't understand. They say, hey, let's try a blue. No, I like the greens. They all dive down a blue, all your friends, you're like, oh, you don't go down the green by yourself. So here comes a new challenge: a blue. And you zip down it, and eventually you find some speed. You get comfortable on the blues and you can coast all the way down straight to a ski line. And then you ask yourself the question: why was I ever on greens? You don't have to do any polling on a blue, you just cruise right in. And then off the next ski lift, you look, and to your right, you see something daunting. You see a sign that has two black diamonds on it. Now, these ones aren't called Tweedledee or Tweedledum. They're normally called something like Demon's Breath or something, right? Devil's Way, right? Like, it you don't have to be smart to realize, I should not get on Devil's Breath, right? Mm-mm, right? And they, they are being clear that's not for humans to go down. You learn, like that's, that's, and you look over the edge and you see like rocks and trees and like one little patch of snow and you're like, who would ever do that? Here comes the four-year-old, <laughs> right? <sighs> There's always new challenges when you're skiing. There's always a new run that you can get down, that you can go down. And you, at first you're like, man, what seems so crazy that you would ever want to do a black diamond? You're like, no way, Just I just want to survive. And in many cases in Christianity, that's what happens when we first give our faith to Jesus Christ, When we first listen to that Holy Spirit, says, hey, come on, get up and go. I've got an adventure to take you on. And it's scary, but at some point, we begin to find our rhythm. And the Lord's calling us to blue. See, it's not gonna be easy. The Lord's always gonna have a new challenge for you. He's always gonna call you to that next level. He may call you to be a missionary. He may call you around the world. But the truth of the matter is, is that it is always worth it when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Because wherever he's taking you, whatever journey he has you on is gonna be filled with life and excitement when you put your trust in him. And there will always be a challenge on the road. You may look at some of the challenges the Lord has for you and be like, I don't want them, I don't want them. That's too scary, that's too hard to think about. But the good news is, is that God will always be right there with you. And he'll know when you're ready and he'll take you on that challenge. But the critical thing is to not let fear drown out the voice of the Lord. You ever had to teach a kid how to ride a bike? I've got four boys and we're right in the middle of bike school. You know, it can be pretty frustrating as a dad, and I'm sure it's pretty frustrating for them too. As I'm trying to take them, I get them out on that bike, and we're on a flat street, and I'm trying to get them to pick their head up and to see where they're going, but they're so caught up in just two things, the handlebars and the pedals. And more importantly, the potential for scraped knees, bumped elbows, tears, and the pain that may come with it. And so I've got them going down the street and I'm trying to encourage them saying, hey, you can do this, keep pedaling, focus on your handlebars, you got it, I'm right here, I won't let you fall. But it's evident they're not hearing a word I'm saying because all they hear is the fear that's inside of their heart and mind saying, you might fall, this might happen, this might go wrong, this might happen. And it hurts my heart because I want them to know that I love them and I'm here for them. And I know that there might be scrapes and bruises along the way, but I'm also able to see out in front of this bike lesson. I'm able to see all the trips they're gonna have with friends up and down the bike paths and all the places they can go on their bike and the freedom and the enjoyment of being able to get out on their bike and hit the trails and have fun. I'm able to see what they can't see. But it's hard because in many cases, they're like, I just wanna get off. I just wanna stop. And what's saying that? It's not the voice of their dad. It's the voice of fear. You see, the peace of mind that comes with being connected to the Holy Spirit is that there will be no more fear. And you'll be able to listen to the voice of the Lord and this year can be your best year guaranteed, no matter what you're gonna face. Because neither death, nor sorrow, nor famine, nor sword, no nothing can separate you from the love of God. But if you're not connected to your warranty, if you're not connected to the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, then fear is what will fill its place. Listen to this verse in Romans 5.13, 15.13, excuse me. Paul said to the church, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How do you overflow with hope? Because you've got home in your heart. By the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we know where we're going? Because we connect with the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, church, if we connect with the Holy Spirit this year like never before, it is guaranteed to be our best year ever. Whatever it is that you're standing on the edge of, saying, you know what, I need to have that hard conversation with that brother-in-law. I need to have that hard conversation with mom. I need to have that hard conversation with dad. But then what's gonna happen? You're gonna be filled with all the what ifs. I need to take that step of faith in my job. I need to take that step of faith in my giving. I need to take that step of faith, but man, I'm scared. I'm not sure how that's gonna work out. I encourage you, learn to silence the fear and let's step out in faith as a church and choose to put our trust in the Holy Spirit, knowing that that's the guarantee. That's where peace comes from, because this isn't our home. Home is in our hearts and we know where we're going. And let the confident hope that we have by being connected to the Holy Spirit drive us to take on those challenges that maybe we allowed to be pushed to the side in 2018, not anymore, because we aren't afraid of the ups and the downs that the road trip of life may have, because we're headed home. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. And we want to be more connected to you this year than ever before. So we pray that you would teach us how to listen to your Holy Spirit, And that, God, we would find encouragement from the ability to be able to talk with the creator of the universe and just be able to call you dad and just be able to love you and be able to hear your love. God, we're so thankful that you choose to walk with us, to journey with us, and that you loved us enough to fill us with the hope and the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. God, we pray that you would continue to Guide us and lead us. Because even if you lead us into the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We love you. We choose you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.